You're listening to The Athletic Mind with your host, Taylor Cook and Lauren Williams. Welcome back to another episode of The Athletic Mind, where we dig deep and shed light on the mental side of sports for athletes and coaches by having open conversations about mental health, mindset, and performance. Welcome back to episode two of season two of The Athletic Mind. Lou, how's it going over there for a second time? Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like I'm on pins and needles with this internet right now. (laughs) Don't move. Don't say anything too fast. Just be very still. Don't move a finger. (laughs) Just one position, please. That's it. Zone in. (laughs) No smiling. No nothing. Just speak when spoken to. (laughs) But I smile when I'm uncomfortable. (laughs) (laughs) I feel that. Yeah. Just, just grin and bear it is like one of my life motto. Just smile and nod, boys. Smile and nod. (laughs) Smile and wave. Other than the poor internet situation you have rolling over there, how's things in life overall? Things are good. Oh, it's um, it's at that time of the year. I feel like every year after the holidays, everything just goes so quickly. Mm-hmm. Like um, you get back from the holidays in the hockey world, at least, and you're in what you would kind of consider almost that final push of the season. But once you get back, like end of December, it still feels like you like, oh, I'm halfway through the season. But I just looked at the calendar. We've got like three weekends left. That's it's, it? It's wild. Yeah, because we're uh, playoffs are the end of February. Right. That's so true. Yeah, playoffs start at the end of February. And then the our league championship is the first week in March. And uh, the NCAA tournament is the second weekend in March. Like, it's wild. Yeah, and it's already almost the end of January. Can we just talk about that for a second? <laughs> Oh, and here's a check-in, everybody. How are your New Year's resolutions going? Are they still alive? (laughs) (laughs) Probably not for most folks. And I say that because that's just like the statistics behind it. Only, I think it's like 9% of people fully see their resolutions and their yearly goals through to the end of the year, which is be unfortunate because we have all the mindset strategies in place to help us stay on track with ours and help our athletes stay on track with theirs so if uh, you're struggling let us know reach out we could definitely help yeah I was gonna say I'd like to think that our our listeners would be faring a little bit better than the general population but Mm -hmm. who am I who am I to say that I don't know well I know when I was an athlete like sure I had goals and stuff and like resolutions I would like say stay on track for like a good chunk of time but still at some point you just fall off because life gets the best of you and then you're just so overwhelmed with athletics academics social life balancing all yeah. of that because it is so challenging um so if you haven't stayed on track fret not my friend <laughs> it is okay We are all in the same boat together here in our little athlete community for the pod, which is going to be coming soon, hopefully. So please stay tuned for that. Yes, absolutely. 
But yeah, how are you doing? How are you doing quickly before we launch in? <laughs> oh, well, I will say I am okay. I have a, a little bit of resistance on the personal front with some family health problems with uh, one of my parents, which is a little bit tough to go through when you're on the other side of the world, obviously. Um, but, you know, outside of that, I'm pretty happy. I'm doing pretty good. I'm uh, loving our new little puppy who's challenging, but so adorable. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And just like getting into the swing of like being back at work and, you know, finding a little bit of a new routine now that we have Charlie with us and mm-hmm. yeah, just going with the flow, you know? Yeah. Puppy equals new routine. Absolutely. <laughs> oh my God. It's crazy. Like I used to think that like, I'm like pretty good at getting up early. Like 7am was usually when I would get up around that time, but I am just mm-hmm. so exhausted because he's not always sleeping through the night entirely. So I'm getting up in the middle of the night, which is interrupting my sleep. And I'm so yeah. tired when the morning rolls around that I'm like, how did I get up at this time every single day before this? Yeah. And I can't figure it out, but I think it's mm-hmm. the sleep thing for sure. So well, and that's a lesson to anybody too, right? With how important sleep is and mm-hmm. how just like one disturbance in your sleep pattern can change how rested you feel. So like if you just aren't sleeping well, period, or if you're having a lot of trouble falling asleep right when you get into bed. Can you just quickly rewind and go back to where you started talking about sleeping because your internet cut out? (laughs) The importance of sleeping because of one disturbance can really change the energy levels that you bring to the day. And then after that, it was in nothing. We're just going to end on that, honestly. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) But it's true. It's, It's actually so true. And I didn't realize, like, obviously I knew the importance of sleep before, but I didn't realize how impactful it would be like just getting up once in the night and going down three flights of stairs and not three flights of stairs and being up for like 10, 15 minutes. You don't think that that's like a lot, but fuck, let me tell you guys, it is a lot, especially over time of like a month, I guess it's been. I'm just like, I really want a full night's sleep. So we're going to Paris in, in February and I'm so excited that he will be like at a little puppy hotel and he gets to play with some like new friends and we get to have some peace and quiet and full night's sleep, hopefully, fingers crossed. So. (laughs) (laughs) And you sound like a new parent. (laughs) I feel like one, so. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So you're just getting a a sneak peek into the future there, Tay. That's what everyone has been telling me. They're like, maybe you'll think twice about wanting to have kids right now then. I'm like, no, maybe you're right. (laughs) Oh, God. You love when people share wisdom like that and you just hear like, (laughs) thanks. It's so funny. (laughs) I really appreciate it. Awesome. Oh my God. Okay. Let's get over this rant, please. All right, so just to quickly bridge into the topic of today, we are talking about <laughs> validating progress in a losing season. And I'm actually really stoked that you brought this topic up when I asked you the other day, like what it is you wanted to talk about? Because 
this is something that a lot of athletes don't really think about, like in terms of validating how well they're doing, even though maybe their team is not performing so well. And Mm -hmm. to preface this conversation, I'd like to say that like, this is a skill that athletes of all ages, all skill levels should be practicing regardless of whether you are winning or losing, because this skill of being able to validate your own progress will translate into all areas of life, sports, academics, business, health, relationships, anything that you can think of. This will really help improve your personal, like internal motivation and confidence in the process of heading towards those goals. Right. I just had um, a conversation with one of our players about doing the same thing with school. Right. And the, like, it's not like, yes, your grades are important. Of course. I'm not going to tell you that that final grade isn't important, but it's not the only important thing. Mm -hmm. Like at one point she said, you know, I just, I worked my ass off for a whole semester and I didn't get the grades that I wanted. And so like, what's the point? I'm going, what's the point? Like, how much do you think you learned? Number one, Mm -hmm. how many difficult questions do you have to ask yourself about learning how to balance a college schedule? How do you think that those might apply to your life moving forward? Right? Like, it's not the only, the end outcome is not the only important thing, but it's the only one that we're taught to look for mm-hmm. that makes sense well especially so, as yeah, athletes cool. How do we do? yeah mm-hmm. absolutely yeah. So. yeah and you're right about like a school thing like I think back to when I was in like grade school even like the only thing you really cared about or even your parents cared about was like the grade that you got on your performance report when you came back from like the yeah. semester or whatever it was back then right so it's like ingrained into you that that's the only thing that matters is what is the overall outcome of all the work that you just did when in reality, okay, like maybe you didn't get the, the performance result that you were looking for, but had you not put in all of this work, one, you wouldn't have even gotten that far, but two, you wouldn't have learned anything at all. Yeah. Yeah. And the other side of it too, is like, it's funny that like we all enjoy or say that we like the things more that we excel at right like oh well I enjoy the class why do you enjoy the class because I'm good at it Mm -hmm. okay (laughs) but do you actually enjoy what you're learning or do you just like getting the great grade Mm -hmm. because if that's the reason why you like it well if you keep taking that class and like going to the next level and the next level of it it's going to get hard at some point. Everyone hits that breaking point. Mm -hmm. And wow, did you just put yourself down a career path that you don't even really like because you were just getting good grades in it? (laughs) Yes, that's a very good point. And this actually really makes me think back to, like I was reading a book last year and this is like really stuck with me. It was talking about um, like grade school level children and they would just like creatively draw, right? And then there was Mm -hmm. group A who would get like, like stickers on their drawings from their teachers as like, you did a good job. And then group B received no such feedback in that sense at all. And over time, they realized that 
group A, so the kids that were getting those stickers, no longer saw the enjoyment of the process of being creative when they weren't getting that external feedback, so that gold sticker from the teacher anymore. Whereas the students who did not receive that feedback, that gold sticker, they continued to go ahead and be creative and do those drawings. So I think that says a lot in and of itself, especially when it comes to validating your own progress, right? Because like you said, like we are from a very early age, like conditioned to be looking outside of ourselves for like a pat on the back, a good job, like a gold medal, an award, a praise of some sort. Um, and really that's not, that's not the best way of validating any sort of worth that you have, whether you're an athlete or a regular person or a coach or anything, right? Yeah. What I was going to say too, is I feel like so much of what we just talked about played into my own experience with hockey. Um, I started playing it because my brother played it and I wanted to have something in common with him. And then once I got into it, really, really liked it. And I liked the idea of like going out and working hard and trying something new and that feeling of like figuring something out for the first time. And then someone told me that I was really good at it and that maybe I could do something with it. And then slowly but surely it started to become this thing that like would eat away at me more than it made me feel good about myself. And I hit that point where I was like, I don't even know if I like the sport anymore because I was just racing and chasing after that. You're really good at this. Somebody validating me as opposed to me going into a practice and saying like, what can I learn today? Like what skill can I master? And just be okay with that. It wasn't enough anymore. Mm -hmm. Oh, I think I can relate too. Like, I think I was 14 years old when I, in the summer, decided for some reason, like, I can't even really remember what it was, but I was just like, I don't want to play hockey anymore. Like, no, I'm not going to tryouts. I'm not going to do any of this, like, summer training BS. Like, every single summer I'm on the ice, I don't really get to spend time with my friends. Da, 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 da. Like, I'm sure there was like 101 reasons for 14 year old rebel me um like pushing back against yeah. whatever it is my parents wanted me to do but um mm -hmm. but yeah like I at one point did not have that like emotional ROI like it just was yeah. not there and that was the reason for it was because like I'm not maybe like excelling the way that I want to and that in and of itself deterred me from like continuing down that path. And luckily having that summer off and getting the perspective of like what life outside of sports is like and realizing like, fuck that, I don't want that, um, yeah. push, push me back into it. But even then, like, because I took that summer off and this is how like competitive sports are for young kids, which is, I think a great topic to talk about, like in the upcoming weeks, maybe, but even just taking those couple months off at the age of 14, mind you, like I was very young. Yeah. Taking a couple months off is not going to kill me, not going to like deter or like decrease my performance results really. Like it's anyway. Yeah. I got cut from our, I think it was like our double A team, mm -hmm. even though I was one of the better goalies there. And the reasoning from the coach was, 
well, clearly you're not committed because you didn't come to anything in the summer. And we don't want players on this team that are not committed. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't understand that. That's just like scarcity mindset needs for power and control. Not, not good leadership at all. Mm -hmm. Um, And it sucks that it impacted you that way, but like, fuck. I mean, we've, I think almost every athlete has had this experience of like hitting that breaking point and saying, is this really what I want to be doing anymore? Mm-hmm. Um, and while we're talking a lot right now about that external validation coming from people telling you that you're good or people telling you that what you're doing is right. The one thing that we're going to really hone in on is like, especially in team sports, you could apply this to individual sports as well is the outcome telling you that you're doing well and that you're doing things right. Mm -hmm. And it sounds so cheesy to say this, but it is so true that you often learn a lot more in a loss than you do in a win. Mm -hmm. But on that same wavelength, if you are not experiencing a lot of those external wins as a team or as an individual in your own sport, it really gets hard to not get fixated on it Mm -hmm. because, you know, the goal of sports is to win Um, in a lot of eyes. Right. I think we could make an argument that there's a lot of other goals within sports. Mm -hmm. It's not just to win, Um, but I'm not going to sit here and tell an athlete that like winning is not important (laughs) because it's never going (laughs) to. Yeah. That's, that's not going to sit with anybody. Nobody's going to believe that. (laughs) No. Um, but but you are right though right and like what we're talking about here I think I would like to like make a little bit of a a note that like we talked about tracking and like the importance of tracking and measuring before on the podcast and you can reference to episode 36 if you want to learn more about that but Mm -hmm. validation is a little bit different than tracking your performance so of course tracking your performance is part of that process but yeah. validating yourself is being able to build that internal feedback system where you can go and look at your own results and look inside yourself to say, was that my best performance? Was I better at performing that skill? Or like, how is it that I was able to improve on this throughout the course of this season, right? So that is yeah. obviously the the healthy and sustainable way to validate rather than constantly looking to coaches, parents, teammates, whoever it is to get the external praise that you're looking for, which at the end of the day is not really going to help you because okay. Like maybe you are obviously doing well and sure. It's great when you get that feedback from a coach, but to be solely relying on that feedback only is so detrimental to performance and confidence and motivation. Yeah. And it bleeds into so many other different areas as well, right? Like, I think to a a conversation that I had with a client yesterday, asking about what they believed their strengths were. And pulling up a blank. And this athlete had been, has been playing for a long time. They're well-seasoned, quite experienced, playing at an elite level. And I ask a simple, a simple question of what do you excel at skill wise? And you have to think. And immediately they went to, well, I'm working on my skating so that I can be faster. And I said, okay, but that's a, that's 
something that you want to work on is it or would you say that it's a strength of yours yet well no okay <laughs> so what is something that you can acknowledge that you do well and you have to start pulling teeth right because so many athletes only learn what they're good at by other people telling them all the time what mm -hmm. they're good at yeah. And my whole point here is, is that like, you can have somebody tell you that you're good at something and never really believe it yourself because you're like, oh, they're just saying that to make me feel good mm -hmm. or, well, yeah, maybe it worked that one time, but it's not really like I'm that good at it. Mm -hmm. Well, and like, it doesn't always have to be like the verbal confirmation either. Right. So for example, yeah. I had a client who during games and practices, both Anytime anything happened, whether it was a goal against or a save, he would automatically look up to the stands to see the reaction from his parents. Yeah. And I think yeah. maybe that's something that we should know when we do talk about like more about like the youth athletics and the impact that coaches and parents have on youth in their sport. But parents, this is why you need to be so aware of how you verbally and physically respond to anything that your kid is doing when it comes to sports. And I know that's probably a very like overwhelming and overarching statement, mm -hmm. but it's so true because if it's something as simple as like, oh, like throwing your hands up when your kid lets a goal in, like that makes them feel like fucking shit. First of all, they're yeah. kids, you know, they're learning shit happens. Like this is the process you, you learn from mistakes. Right. So like making sure that like you're, your kids or your athletes aren't so solely dependent on what your opinion is. It's extremely yeah. important. Yeah. And I think it gets skipped over too, right? The, the question of how do you think you did? As opposed to your kid coming out of the locker room and you're immediately there saying, why did you make that decision? That was the wrong decision. What were you doing here? It's mm -hmm. like, no, how do you think you did today? And then help them build that awareness of like what went well, what needs work, mm -hmm. and then help them learn how to frame it properly of, well, just because this, I need work on this doesn't mean I'm terrible at it. Mm -hmm. And we get so sucked into that all or nothing thinking that comes with getting stuck on focusing on the outcome that if you don't get the outcome, it's terrible. If you do, it's great. But it's just not, it's, it's not, it's not the case. And same client that I was talking to yesterday, um, I said to them, I said, so if you're thinking about going on a one-on-one -on -one with a defender, how many people are in that equation? She's like, two. Yeah. Yep. There's you and there's the defender, right? And you both have action within that one-on-one. -on -one. Mm -hmm. So what happens if you know that you're, you've got good hands, like that's your stick handling is one of your strengths and you know what move you want to execute and the D plays it perfectly. Does that mean that you need to look at what you're doing and completely reevaluate everything because now all of a sudden your hands are crap? No, it means that the other person in that scenario just played it very well and that's going to happen. And that's okay. <laughs> Yeah, like it's okay. And you can learn something from that, right? Mm -hmm. That's what pushes you to get better at it. But in their mind, it's like, well, if 
if I don't beat them on the one-on-one or they stop my move, that it must be something with me because I've failed, quote unquote. Doesn't work. Does no. not help you validate progress at all. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Like having those like self-deprecating thoughts is not where we want to be going with any of this by any means. Yeah. And like, I mean, I can think of so many times where I've played the puck perfectly but somebody just has a fucking amazing shot and it's in the back of the net and there's not much I can do about that. Right. And like, it has yeah. to be like, there has to be like a quick turnaround on that because mm-hmm. the second that you get sucked into like, fuck, I failed. I didn't do this right. Or break like that, you know, they scored a goal and that means I'm a, a terrible goalie or something like the second that you get sucked into that is when your performance really starts to tank. Yeah. Yeah. And that comes back to the controllable, uncontrollable conversation. Right. Yeah. Like there's, if you're leaving it up to some outcome to tell you how well you're doing, just like there's two people involved in a one-on-one, there's two teams involved in a game. Or if you're an individual athlete, like a cross-country runner, there's however many other hundreds of people running the same races as you that have individual action that can be taken Mm -hmm. but you're leaving it up to chance if you're waiting for that outcome to tell you how well you're doing and if you're leaving it up to chance then there's a whole slew of other things that can get into the equation and influence you in that negative way Mm -hmm. oh i i didn't get a good start i'm not at the front or oh i bobbled that first puck like this is not going to be a good game moving forward because you view that as potentially having a negative impact on your outcome Mm -hmm. um we just played uh two games this weekend same team and the first game you know we have a really young team right so first game we jump out to a two nothing lead first time that we've really been super dominant in the first period and you could see it in our team in terms of like oh my god what do we do now (laughs) Yeah. But they were playing very well, right? Mm-hmm. But then, you know, when you get that feeling of like, oh, let's go get more goals, and you lose the side of like all the little details that you focus on that lead to them, yeah. then you start making small mistakes, mm-hmm. right? So we're up 2 nothing, and then all of a sudden it's 2-1, and then it's 2-2, and then it's 3-2, right? So we get to the end of the game. We ended up losing, I want to say, 5 or 6-3. to three. And all of us coaches are sitting in the locker room and we actually played quite well, but we had little lapses in judgment Mm -hmm. that led to a very opportunistic team getting two on O's and two on ones. And Mm -hmm. they're a good enough team where they capitalize on those opportunities. Right. Mm -hmm. So we're sitting in the coach's room and we're like, what just happened? Number one, we just lost. And of course, your mind immediately goes to, what do we need to change? And I'm sitting there going, guys, I think we just played one of the best games we've played all season. We made five big mistakes. And they ended up in the back of our net. But we know exactly what those five big mistakes are. Mm -hmm. So instead of looking at the whole game as being some failure that then causes you to say, like, we need to change everything because what we're doing isn't good enough. It's how do you flip this conversation to actually find the things that you can control that led to 
areas of growth. Mm -hmm. Sorry, I just went on a rant. No, no, I, I'm here for it. I'm totally here for it. Uh, what I was going to say is, you know what they say about two nothing leads, though? They're the hardest oh, ones to keep. But, you know, I, I know what you're saying, though, is like, I mean, we've both experienced that as players and obviously you as a coach, but like being up in the very first period, you're coming out strong and like you're you're doing all the right things and then you start to get into your head about it. Right. And then you're so focused on the offensive that you forget the defensive. And then that's when things really start to spiral out of control. And like. It's like you said, just finding those moments of judgment, like error and judgment calls and saying, okay, like this is the isolated incident. Let's figure out what we can do better next time so we can change that result rather than saying like, oh, well, we were up to nothing and then we just lost like five, three or whatever the score was and say like, you guys played like shit. Like you should have, you know, like a lot of coaches would say like we were up like you guys just like gave up and you gave them like whatever, right? You've heard coaches go on these rants all the time. So like- it's so, so important to be validating the progress that you are making rather than consistently focusing on those small errors. Obviously noting where they are, but not focusing on them so solely that it starts to take away from your performance and your confidence as an athlete. Yeah. And to circle back, right? You often learn the most out of a loss as opposed Mm -hmm. to a win right? You learn more from results that maybe you don't want because it forces you to find those little things, to find Mm -hmm. those little judgment errors, to find the little quick fix that you can make, the quick edit, and then move on. Mm -hmm. Um, But to kind of bring it back to the full picture of what we're looking at, if you're currently on a team or you're coaching a team or whatever it may be that's not winning, I think that it's pretty hard pressed to find a scenario where you can't find positives within any game. Mm -hmm. Gotta find the positives and validate them, go over them, validate them, figure out why it's a positive thing. And then you take a look at where are the learning opportunities? Mm -hmm. You know what I would like to see is after like a loss like that having a coach instead of coming in the room and saying what did we do wrong after like a loss come in and say what did we do right it would really push push the mental boundaries on some kids for sure yeah I agree well like there's a reason that as coaches we start by talking about the positives before getting into the negatives right so for coaches of any sport to take on that tactic whether it is a win or a loss something to think about moving forward yeah so summing up sort of just because you're in a losing season doesn't mean there isn't value in what you're going through Mm -hmm. it is definitely harder at times to stay focused on the progress but if you're in a position where you're not getting the external validators that you would like. It's honestly such a great opportunity for growth for your athletes and yourself to learn how to validate their own progress on their own terms, as opposed to using a win or a three point night or whatever as a crutch to tell them that they're doing good enough Mm -hmm. because you're going to go through cycles. 
right? Even coaches know they've got winning seasons, they have losing seasons, but there's always something to be learned. So where are you turning your focus is the real question that we're getting at. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And to kind of round out the conversation, um, if you are an athlete or a coach and maybe you are struggling with this process, maybe you are struggling with the mental side of the game, whether that is for yourself or for your team overall, we have some solutions that we can provide. Um, one of the, the biggest ones that we offer is our brain training for athletes program. And this is something that you're going to hear us talk about at the end of every single episode until we run our group program, probably around the, the middle of the year, I would say, but we're still working on landing on a date on that. So continue to check in on the polls that we have here on Spotify. Sorry for anybody outside of Spotify, but this is just the platform that we have. Um, you'll see that there's the opportunity to have uh to, to put in questions that we can work on providing answers in the following episodes and also for you to answer some of the polls in regards to joining a mental fitness program run by yours truly. <laughs> yeah. It's a great opportunity to assess what resources you could start to gather um, to help you over these roadblocks, right? Because they're just roadblocks. They're not fixed. They're not permanent. They are temporary. But you definitely have to be willing to put in the work to address them. And if this is part of it for you, like getting into the mental gym, listening to these conversations, let's make it more tailored to you right? Send in what you want to talk about or things that you're struggling with. And Taylor and I would love to go off on a rant about what we can do to help or what you can do to help yourself. Um, so I'm looking forward to getting some of those in just because mm-hmm. like, come on, make my life a little easier. Give me, give me some fuel to go off of. <laughs> yeah, I agree 100%. And I know that we've had a couple of people answer on the polls on social media in terms of like some of the topics that they would like to hear a little bit more about moving forward. So We'll hopefully be able to touch on those, bring in some guests to answer any questions that you have in and around those topics. And we'll be sure to, you know, put out those, um, those polls about like what questions you might have for those particular guests. So we can make sure that we're touching as uh, touching on those topics as much as we possibly can to provide you with the value that uh, you obviously deserve. So that being said, Lou, do you have anything else to add before we close off for the week? No, just uh, to reiterate, don't leave your view of your own performance up to chance. You're too good to do that. You put in way too much time and effort. So if you need help figuring out how you can validate yourself without the help of others or without the help of a win or a goal or points or whatever it may be, let us know because that's what we're here for. Um, But you you work way too hard to leave your definition of how well you're doing up to chance. Couldn't agree more. And I actually have nothing to add to that because that was the perfect way to close out. So on that note, thank you again, everybody for joining. If you found value in this episode, or if you think someone else would find value in this episode, please share on social media, tag us, and also kindly leave us a rating and review. will help us grow the podcast and reach new listeners just like yourself. So Thank you again, and we shall see you next week. Bye.